0: Hello, and welcome to the Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need, no matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project. We got you covered here at the Home Building Hero. And we are coming to you live today from the Pella Windows and Doors Studio of Wisconsin. And today's topic is avoiding water and mold problems in your home. And I am joined here today by Cheryl Seco. And uh, Cheryl, you are a uh, consultant, a speaker, licensed architect, and lead certified professional. And you talk all about the art of building wellness. So hey, Cheryl, welcome to the Home Building Hero.
1: Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that uh, you could join us on the program. Uh, why don't you take a second uh, for our listeners and just uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and your background and, and uh, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so I am a licensed architect and have been one for over 30 years. I'm in the Chicago area, but I have morphed into a situation where I'm helping people with water damage and mold in their buildings all over the world. Um, So, and that's because I had, ultimately, you know, life takes you where you need to go sometimes. And so- I have a history, I was in a background doing high rise buildings and then I did residential and then I ended up working a stint with the wood industry as a senior technical director, helping people, uh, architects, actually architects, engineers and code officials with using wood construction on commercial buildings. And then, um, and then was going to work more on wood stuff and then ended up that my husband got sick. So, um, but before that. My, one of my children had gotten sick and this was 16 years ago.
0: Okay, and, so, and, and was it sick from, from mold and? and yeah, really? did, okay. I didn't
1: know that though.
0: Okay, so didn't know it at the time.
1: Where, yeah, so um, it was uh, my, one of my children had asthma, full on asthma and had inhalers at home and in school and then started having migraine headaches. And we had moved into a different house than we were living in before that about six months. And then I, you know, we're doing CAT scans. It was very scary. Oh, I,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Way. I mean, it was really scary when it's something with the brain. And I ended up at a continuing education. So architects have to do continuing education about 12 hours a year. And so I ended up at a program on, com- on molding commercial buildings. And in this program, I'm sitting there and they're talking about how you can be sick and not get well when you leave. Wow. so they okay. you actually kind of like the
0: blinding flash of the obvious and right that yeah that you something.
1: it's not like you go in and oh my eyes are itchy and stuff I'm definitely allergic to something in that building no it's way more insidious than that and then the health issues can be really broad and far reaching and be different for different people and and to that point that you may not get better when you leave and to be honest she was sick and in restaurants at school in the library at school at our friends houses it wasn't just our house so why would i think it was our house plus i inspected it before we bought it and i was like there's nothing here it looks good.
0: yeah looks normal
1: Mm -hmm. but what i didn't know was that you could have mold in your ductwork
0: okay wow
1: and because i'm like And
0: and that's where the genesis of it was in your home
1: Yes, that's where we had it. And so, um, and then I have, I talk about that in some of my presentations and show some pictures. So the long story or the short story of the long story is that, um, so we found out that I realized, I figured out it had Aspergillus mold, which is very toxic. But there's a lot of toxic mold, And then I hired the wrong person. Mm,
0: yeah, so yeah, I there's...
1: hired a company that was a scam that I researched and I called references. Oh, I did all yeah. the right things and I had to kick them out after they blew this mold sure. all they over spent my spent all house. this
0: money. Yeah, yeah. we had
1: money, uh, I didn't get my money back.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, I had a, a home that I had sold for a client of mine. He happened to be an attorney and uh, they found that he had mold in his attic. And um, it, it was kind of interesting because they did bring in this one company, they wanted thousands and thousands of dollars to encapsulate this mold. And it was like, we started doing research and there was a lot of other ways that we could deal with the situation. And yeah, there's some companies out there where you got to be really careful with with, well, with the remediation part of it.
1: Yeah, so it's unregulated. The mold no. industry itself is not regulated. I think there's six or seven states that have any regulations at all. And even those are, um, they vary, but it's better to have something, I think, even though I'm not, you know, whatever. But there's most states, it's a Wild West. You know, whoever can make the website and go to a, a weekend course at a community college or Pay for online sure. certification, yep. then they're good to go. Make yep. a website. And uh, so, but anyway, so then I had to learn actually how you clean ducks <laughs> and the proper way so that I could hire someone else that would, and and I would know that they were going to do the right thing.
0: Gotcha. Um, so this yeah. is where my, that's where
1: my journey started.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, and I, is that, uh, is that kind of what fueled your passion to kind of get involved in this industry and sort of be a speaker and an advocate for? For mold uh preventing it and, and and also getting rid of it
1: well not at the time but eventually okay so she did recover and then um it, we kept having problems so once some some people are more sensitive and 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 then my husband got sick and i actually got sick and so then but i had been researching the entire time for the sick. so once you have an issue and you know you have to pay attention to it sure yeah. whenever i would do ceu uh, continuing education, I'd always choose building science topics because I realized there was a lot I need that needed to be um, researched and there's a lot I needed to know. And there was things I didn't know that I thought I knew. Um, and so, so everybody in my family ultimately is doing great. My husband was very sick and I'm undis- glad to hear
0: that. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm doing great. Although it's a, it's an up and down <laughs> sure. yep. journey all the time. But, uh, but so the way reason I do this is because when my husband got sick, I was on the internet and social media, which didn't exist 16 years ago the way that it does now. And researching. he had Lyme disease as well as other toxin exposures. And so um, in that process, I started noticing people talking about buildings and that, that their doctor told them this about their building and that the mold is connected to the lime, and, and I would see some of this and think, oh my God, who told you that? <laughs> That's not true. Um, I see a lot of myths. Okay. And so sure, I started yep. helping people for free on those groups while I was researching other stuff. for Gotcha, my okay. And then little by little, people started texting me and, and it was just-
0: Kind of asking you to- me yep. it
1: To be too much. And so I created my own Facebook group and I thought, okay, well, I'll help people for free in my Facebook group. I created this little website where I started making blog posts to answer the most common questions because I found myself answering the same questions over and over again. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, and that's really how, how it morphed. And it, it and then it, it eventually, I, I, it kept growing. My Facebook group has over 3,500 people in it now.
0: Fantastic. And I can't
1: even keep up with it. And I, and I started to th- realize I ended up with a presentation that I got asked to do in, uh, in Texas. And on molden buildings, I decided to put it out there. Sure. Yeah. And I got selected and I got the worst time slot. <laughs> yeah. Three yep. day conference. I got Friday yep. at eleven. It shuts down at twelve.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you're like the last one. Yep.
1: Yeah. And I and it was so much work and it was so stressful. And I thought I kind of had a a spiritual moment of um, all right, if I'm meant to do this, then this better go well. Otherwise, yep, I'm I get it. Do yep. This anymore. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and despite the fact of the bedtime, the room was packed and nobody left and um, nobody left early and I got great reviews. And so then I was like, oh shoot, I have to actually do this now. (laughs)
0: This is a thing. Um, This is going to be my thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it was also part, partly that I feel blessed that my family has recovered and, and over and over has recovered. And it's largely because of my background. Sure. And I yeah. could fast track because I already knew a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, you did so the research, track. and then you had the the architectural background and things like that. So, it, yeah, yeah, it made made a good fit. Sometimes, sometimes things happen happen for a reason, right?
1: Exactly. So it's basically trying to make lemonade out of the lemon that that my family is sensitive, and that I was sensitive. You know that we've had these health issues, very expensive, and we've had to do things that we wish we didn't have to do, and live through things that were really difficult at the time. But I, I feel blessed in our in how great we're doing that we were able to uh, overcome the obstacles, and that it's I think people that are blessed to have responsibility to turn around and help other people absolutely people know, and that's what I'm doing. So it's a it's a heartfelt and I, I think a responsibility that I realize that there's people out there that there's don't. There's issues have
0: out right there, and yeah, no one's really talking about it or dealing with it.
1: There's issues and there's people who are sick. And they don't all want to know but the ones that do want to know i'm i feel responsible that i should ha- share what i know
0: sure so that, you know obviously you talk a lot about like moisture infiltration in homes right and that's obviously a common culprit of of causing mold so what are some of the things that you see on a residential level that that cause mold
1: well you have to start like thinking about where the moisture is coming from but i see it in building defects in design defects, I mean, it can be anything, but in in the end, it, I think if I were to summarize it in one word, it would be details. Okay, you know. And, it's-
0: and what do you mean by like details? Is it you know maybe a contractor not sealing something up properly, or maybe like a misplaced nail, or uh, you know maybe not flashing properly? Are, are those the kind of things you're talking about, or is it a design yeah. detail?
1: It starts with the they're just there it's there's there's mistakes at every level. Okay. So there are design d- details that are are defects that are you know oh man this is really hard to fix now it could have been fixed early on if somebody had known um, that this was something to focus on and that has often ha- has has to do with the site drainage or sometimes roof configurations. Sure. Um, those are I think the two biggest ones on on design, but it can be other things too which have. the how the duct work is going through the building. I mean, the building is a system. Yep. So it's a combination of a kit of parts and also a system that is got a lot of parts and sure, sure. and how they all come together and planning, you know? So that's the other thing that often gets overlooked is they just get, you know, they just start going and everybody's shooting from the hip. Um, yeah, it's kind of like gets, you're
0: off to the races. Like, okay, got plan done, customer approved it. Let's go. And it's just, yep.
1: Yeah. Full and then I think, the other thing is that it's, this is an unintended consequence of the sustainability movement, to be honest, which is a good thing. I mean, I, I'm sure. definitely, I'm a fan, and we're not going to go back to living in drafty houses. But what has happened in this in this good thing that we were doing is that we've tightened up our buildings really, really tight. In and we haven't changed how we build them.
0: Yep, they don't breathe like they used to, and that's well, it, they were know.
1: drafty before. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could put your hand by an outlet in an older home, you could feel the kind of the breeze coming through, and Uh, Yeah. Now these things are so airtight. We've literally wrapped this home almost in a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And so what's in there kind of stays in there that including the heat, but also all the other things. And then of course you have the products in the home that does a whole nother topic almost of just the different chemicals that come off the products and some of the new home smell that we talk about, right? That's, Mm -hmm. Oh, we like that smell, but that's the plastics and the chemicals kind of coming off as they're oxidizing and different Mm -hmm. things like that. So it's uh, it, it, if you don't freshen up your home and open it up once in a while you're going to have you know potentially poor air quality and conditions in there
1: yeah and then if there's a leak so this is the other thing is our buildings used to leak before too but they could dry yep now if you have a leak and something wasn't too. done just right oh it's like there's no way for it to ever dry and then that's what's really causing the air quality concerns that we have. Additional to the chemicals, I do a lot with VOCs. It's, it's called VO, uh, VOCs, the off-gassing. Yep. And that makes people sick too. Uh, sometimes it's kind of, once you get the sensitivity to, the, to any toxins, it becomes every toxin um, can be affected. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's a combination of all those things that are good intentioned but the fact that we build them the same. And the other thing that I see in in terms of builders and and how things are getting built is that we have really good builders with really good intentions, doing things that were in the code 15 years ago and they're not in the, it's got changed because the code realized that this this wasn't good. This is causing problems. So then they changed the code.
0: Yep. They're not
1: putting up a flag and saying, Hey guys, we told you to do something that isn't a good idea anymore. Sure.
0: Yeah. That's one of the problems. And, and sometimes, you know, my frustration as a builder is that, you know, we'll have people, you know, maybe behind a desk that have never built a home, kind of telling people who build homes every day for a living, how to do their job. And sometimes they have good intentions, but it doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, an effective way to do things or effective method. And, Then of course there's the products that come out uh, and there's always new products and and some of them you know have to be handled differently or treated differently as well and um, if you don't put it in properly it can cause issues and even though it's maybe more sustainable or it's uh, longer lasting it still can cause other issues oh yeah understanding that dynamic and change these things that change you have codes changing you have products changing you have different people working on the home so it's not a consistent environment in any case. No, a lot of the time, so.
1: No, and that's, and therein lies the challenge. It's like, so it's kind of, I would use the analogy of like a Tesla. So we're trying to do build this really energy efficient machine. Only we're building it outside the way we did in the 1900s. Yes. You know, as opposed to if you're building a Tesla car, like they're building it in a warehouse. Yep. with labor that's like doing the same thing over and over. And they're really streamlining and getting this widget in there. And everything is really thoughtfully done and precise. And if you want to have the end result of efficiency that you're gonna start measuring and you know, building tightness and all this, then you have to build it in a way that you can control this stuff better uh, because it's the inadvertent things that happen. That's why I say details. And you pointed out how two materials come together well, maybe that material can't touch this material. They're going oh, yeah. to the
0: yeah, yeah.
1: degrade the glue, you know, the material.
0: Yep. Oh, perfect and- example of this is basements. You know, um, we use poured walls and we put a, a foam insulation in. Well, and when you used to do block basements, you used to put like a tar coating on first and then you would put the insulation on. Well, they, they've changed that that insulation and there's actually a chemical process that happens if that, that tar coating, which helps prevent water from coming in, if that touches that, insulation it actually breaks down over time and it destroys it so I, a lot of times people are like why don't you put that coating on the basement I want my basement damp proofed it's like well you have a poured wall you don't need it and the second thing is it's going to destroy your insulation in a year or two so you don't want to have that
1: and oh so yeah that's the kind of stuff where I think the dialogue between like the profession that um and the builders and the people out in the field is really helpful and that's why I, I love being on to talk to you about this because uh, I am a big fan of the construction process, and it's really why I got involved in architectures because I liked seeing how things are built. But that those kind of in, that kind of information that, you know, this is a great idea, and that's a great idea. You put them together and and, and people aren't aren't advertising that they make a mistake. So then no nobody, nobody else knows that this is happening. And we got to think about that Sure. Um, until it's happened like on a massive scale and then the codes will change or something. And then, yeah, and again, there's no more
0: variables reason. right now, all of a sudden you've got multiple variable variables and you got to start to kind of decipher what is the root cause of this. And, you mm-hmm. know, I was, when you were talking about that, it made me kind of think of like situation, you know, we're making these homes more airtight. And then you've got somebody that does, let's say spray foam and all sorts of different things. And then they get this house really tight and energy efficient. And then what do they do? They throw a humidifier in the home and maybe they don't need to add the humidity to it. Now they're pumping more moisture into the environment and it doesn't have a way to escape. Um, and, and and now you're, you know, kind of creating almost like a little jungle environment <laughs> inside the home where there's all this moisture. And then people wonder, well, why are my windows all, um, you know, condensating in the winter and things like that? And it's, all well, that extra excess moisture in the air. And then obviously it, Condenses when it hits the cool surface.
1: Exactly, and it's very complicated. That's when I say that it's a system. It's a little bit. It's not that different than being for what I do, being a doctor. Only well, I'm the doctor of the building. Sure. Because there's in the in the body we have like the skeleton, and we have all these systems. We have an electrical system that if you flatline, you're dead. Yep. We have our lungs. We have air systems, and 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 we've all kind of. I think most people more and more are realizing that sometimes. you you know, you just go to the doctor that specializes in this one thing, you know, maybe it's your stomach and you might realize, actually, I have to go to the nerve doctor because there's something to do with, you know, everything's kind of interconnected. The buildings are that way too, which is why it's not getting fixed easily. That Um, makes a lot of sense. It's happening with even smart people, like I said, very well-intentioned with lots of integrity, There's, but there's all these nuances. And so what I found, I'm actually a designer, but what I found was that for me to really stay on top of this, I have to basically do it for full time. Um, So right now I'm not doing drawing work and, and design work. I work with people that I partner with to do that, but, but I, I basically am on studying this stuff all the time, sometimes based on clients that have a question be like, Oh, I haven't, I got to look that up. Or I find that, Oh, this year, this has changed. You know, and that they've actually changed the code on this one thing and why does everybody think that we should exhaust our dryer vents and our exhaust fans into the attic. Well, I found a code 15 not that long ago 15 years ago. The code said you can exhaust your your dryer vent and your exhaust fans from your bathroom into the attic.
0: Yeah, not necessarily a good thing.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's <laughs> yeah. a disaster. But that's what I mean is that those people that maybe have been long time doing really great job and they were following the code.
0: Sure. Yeah, we had uh, this one home that we uh, were selling that I mentioned earlier with the mold issue. Um, they had one of those giant hallway like uh, exhaust fans that it, it just basically pulled. It's like if the house got warm, they would pull that warm air up and throw it in the attic, but it would take that damp air and shoot it up in the attic and then it was trapped in there and then it basically that damp air started getting all over and, and there was literally mold covering all of the the joists and everything in in, in the attic and that's where the mold came from and uh, this attorney of mine a friend of mine you know wasn't a home that I built but also he didn't even know it was there and all of a sudden the inspector goes in there and it's like holy cow we got a huge problem here and uh, yeah you know, this was just something he used to you know draw out some of that warm air, you know, and this house built probably, I think it was in the early eighties, maybe late seventies and just something Mm -hmm. that they had in there and it messed up the whole system.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's more than one thing too, where you think, and that's the other problem that we have with people doing remediation and fixing things. is think, oh, it was this, we fixed that thing. And they don't realize that there were actually three other things that were also contributing. So for instance, um, humidity can be from the drainage site drainage so concrete slabs crawl spaces foundation walls are giant sponges so if the drainage and and one uh, one thing i would say i give you my fruit, my tip of the day of is that you know we build the foundations we dig this big hole and then we backfill yep so what's going to happen to the fill it's going to sink yep so we may have built it to code it's got you know 8 inches of clearance to the wood and uh, the siding and foundation we got down six inches and 10 feet away for our drainage all around we'll give it a year or two and that's gone
0: yep yeah it does shrink and down and depending on drainage. you know the material you have and everything on the site yeah some of it will yeah. move and so more than others.
1: yeah so depending on what you know yeah so we end up and usually i mean i see a lot that don't have that drainage to begin with sure yeah. So then, if you don't have it to begin with even though it's code and people it gets overlooked then you have that reverse drainage where everything kind of settles and people put their landscaping their bushes around and they don't notice behind the landscaping the ground is all sloping towards their house now the the concrete is a giant sponge no matter what kind of foundation you have but sure. yep. like any other sponge if you put your sponge down next to some water the whole sponge will end up getting wet
0: sure yep it soaks it up and then it mm-hmm. sits in there for a while and it takes a while for it to evaporate out
1: well and the only place it's going to evaporate out is into the house Sure. Okay. So this is where we start having, uh, you know, it gets trapped behind finishes, uh, definitely carpeting in basements and and tile, not not ceramic tile, but some vinyl products, laminates and stuff. But it's always trying to dry to the inside because the inside is always drier than the outside.
0: Sure. Okay. Yep. That makes sense.
1: No matter what, it's always going to go wet to dry. And so if this keeps happening ongoing, then you just keep it's like having a wet towel in your tiny bathroom and it's always wet and it's just going to keep raising the humidity because there's always more coming.
0: Sure, gotcha. it
1: keeps trying to dry. And it's like, wow, our humidity is so high. Why so, is that? And it could be a sauna. It could be the de- I mean, definitely humidification. Sure. But it's, it, you're, what you're talking about, like condensation on windows is a huge flag that people start to have to ask questions about.
0: Yep. I know we had a service call for a, a home where the client was like, oh, we got all this condensation on our windows. And we went over to go look at it. And it was the middle of winter. And we went in the house and they got a big pot of something boiling on the stove. The kids were in the bathtub. The, the bath was full of water and they were you know, in the bathtub. And um, there was just like all these things. They had all these live plants and those you know, bring moisture and stuff too. And it was like, we walked in and it was like, wow, we feel like we're in a jungle here. We could feel the humidity. And I was like, okay, you've got all this stuff they had three kids, you know. So it was like you have all this stuff in your environment and then pets and stuff too. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're creating a lot of moisture in this environment. So you need to, you know, remove that moisture. So what are some strategies that a builder would employ or that you would suggest to a builder to employ to kind of avoid some of this excess moisture and 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 then potentially having it turn into mold?
1: Yeah. I mean, the mold comes from moisture. I mean, so the it's when you start when you're trying to think of like how to not end up with mold you got to think of what mold is and what causes it and so it's really four things it's oxygen it's a temperature it's a food source and it's water and there's really only one that we can control of those four sure. because in our building i mean oxygen's is gonna we need it so <laughs> yeah it. we
0: can't yeah um, unless you're gonna walk around in space suits in your house yeah, the temperature there.
1: range is like 30 to 150 fahrenheit so um, that's what we want to live in, so we got to cross those two off. A lot of times, people think it's a food source, but this is one of one of the biggest myths: is that um, the food source can be dirt and dust. So, mold sure. okay. can grow on steel. It can grow on masonry. It can grow on concrete, concrete block walls, masonry walls. And so, you're like, oh, is it food? Is it like getting the food source? Uh, no, 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 no. There's dirt and dust everywhere, which is biological matter and it becomes a food source for the mold. And so you can, you can try to keep cleaning. Obviously the paper a drywall is like, <laughs> that's a no brainer, that's pre-digested sure. mold food. Yeah. Um, particle board <laughs> would be the same. So you just wanna be careful. But the one thing we can control is the moisture. And so by keeping that in mind from the beginning of the project and giving a little bit more thought than we used to because before the sustainability movement, to moisture management and prevention. There's solutions that are, are some of which are not that expensive um, that would be would be really go a long way. And um, I talk about those, I do courses, online courses and I have webinar, online recorded webinars and videos and, and things that, so I keep trying to share those um, in tidbits. But I, I'm always trying to figure out like how to, how to have builders um, one be interested.
0: Sure. In- well, and, and and you know, to answer that question, usually from a builder standpoint, when when someone brings up the word mold, at the builder's like, Well, wait, wait, time out. Because, you know, uh, many years ago there was just all of a sudden groups of people that, you know, and, and a couple of lawyers that were like, Hey, this is somewhere that I can go and sue on and, and make big money, uh, because they're, they could potentially tie medical stuff to it. So um, you know, I think our industry got very cautious right away and saying, Hey, you know. You know, these things are airtight, there's issues. So we're just disclosing like, you know, your house is a living system and you're in control a lot of that system more so than the builder. The builder puts puts it together, but, you know, I'm not there every day looking and saying, hey, you know, you're cooking all this stuff in the kitchen. You're not running your exhaust fan or you just took a, you know, an hour bath and you never turned on your exhaust fan once and you've got all this moisture sitting here. You know, the homeowner has to take some responsibility in that they have to remove that moisture and use some of the tools that we provide them. And we can't necessarily micromanage those things. But I think that's one of the issues. Is a lot of times builders just don't want to to go there because they're like, oh, that sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's a trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of home builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. And we're not talking about just during a project. A client's experience goes from their first impression to their final payment and everything in between. And if you drop the ball anywhere in that journey, things can get super messy, super quick. BuildBook has developed the first of its kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey. The one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. Marketing, sales, and project tools all rolled into one simple yet powerful platform designed to give you and your business an unfair advantage. If you're looking for happier clients, more profits, and less stress, head on over to buildbook.co now and try it for free yourself. That's buildbook.co. And if you let them know you heard about them on the Home Building Hero podcast, they'll send you a free swag pack.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm hoping that there'll be interest just in quality, you know, to try to avoid that. That, that there's, right now, my, the people finding me are primarily the people who are sick. Sure. Um, and they're driven to find solutions. And then they are always asking me, where can I find a builder that's going to pay attention to this stuff? And so I think there'll be start to, I decided that if I'm going to start to focus on the customers, the clients, because that's who's finding me, it wasn't my original intention, I wanted to work with architects, but um, that's who is interested and that who is valuing what I'm what I have to share. And my thought is that they'll help to drive the market and that they'll become builders that are are interested in, in folk getting the quality control, right, Sure, from sure. the beginning it makes sense and and you're absolutely right about both you know it, it that's why it's education because and when i talk about it, i said yeah interior uh, building occupants is a source 100 but there's also um the other sources are things like leaks mm-hmm. bulk water rain sprinkler is all why is that sprinkler sprinkling the building yeah <laughs>
0: <You know>? um <laughs> problem yeah instantly when that
1: happens you know all those kinds of things and then even construction moisture sure and that and, and it's, it's just an ongoing education. And so it's not meant to be, I don't know that the legal stuff really go, it's really difficult to, to go far on the legal stuff, but I think in terms of for a builders incentive that they just wanna avoid that. Sure. And that the the builder- oh, yeah, I
0: mean, the last thing a builder wants is to have phone calls, you know, all the time from homeowners saying, "Oh, I've got this problem or this happening now." It's, you know, we, you know, I think builders in general want to build it correctly so that they don't have to come back and fix it. But as you alluded to, there's always situations that can happen. Some pump doesn't run. Yeah. Uh, you know, the power goes out or the the motor breaks, and also you get some water seeping up through the crock and your basement's finished, and you got mm-hmm. wet carpet and and overflow hat. the
1: bathtub. The kid yep. puts the cars in the toilet and that overflows. And you know, there the gutters never get cleaned.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, or yeah, you get ice dams in the middle of winter, and the water, you know, it melts and the water goes up the, the wrong direction on the roof, and the roof is meant to shut it down, goes up, slips its way under, and works its way down and into the attic or the wall cavity, or who knows where. And 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 water. You know, it's susceptible to gravity, right? So if it starts up up high, it's going to eventually find its way down at some point. So now it's working its way all the way down through the wall, and uh, we've seen that with window leaks. or oh, like, yeah. a little window leak, and it's it's leaking up top, but you don't really notice the water until it's on the floor. Um, you know, uh, and then you're like, "Where's this coming from?" And you gotta yeah, kinda, it's complicated. Yeah, I'm, you got to like kind
1: of a detective, and that's you know, so it's turned into being something we're trying to figure all this out and builders actually if they when they start to really understand the background of some of this stuff and why things are happening will be well positioned as I also think architects are to help more people and ultimately that's my goal is that I can't do this alone but to create a way for people to learn this stuff so that more and more people can understand it and share it and and be able to help and to be able to just do better. I mean, we're, I think I feel like I'm always trying to do better, and and I think that there's an, there's builders out there that that are in that it could be a sales tool actually to say, hey, listen, have you ever heard of this? Sure. I know about it, and I know how it's not going to happen in my houses.
0: There you go. And yeah, then you can that's Really great.
1: impress your clients with um, these are the things we do that go see, but most people aren't doing them. Yeah. Because right yeah, now I can tell you there is a lot of things that that, um, that my clients or the people that are, are following me and, and taking my courses are, are finding How do I find a builder who, who knows about this kind of flashing or, or no, you know, will work with me on these things. And, um, I mean, just even things you like have lumber. to have a
0: certification program, <laughs> Cheryl certified
1: <Yeah. laughs> long term thing. Yeah, but there I, you go. Even things like lum- people call it lumber mall. Do you see that?
0: um a l- lumber mold is that what you said
1: yeah where the mold the wood comes moldy for building your house
0: uh well we use all kiln dried uh, material yeah. so typically we don't see that with what we're using but i'm sure it's possible or you know a lot of times builders have good intentions you know we order the lumber and the carpenter is going to start you know let's say we order it and the, the material gets there on wednesday and the carpenter is going to start on thursday and all of a sudden some storm clouds come in and that material gets rained on. And then also the lumber or the carpenter got delayed two days because of the rain and um, all the weekend happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, that sat outside and got wet. And for three, four days and, you know, or you get the house half built and a storm comes in and it gets all wet. And the next day they put the roof on it and that moisture is still in there. And it takes a long time for that to come out of the, come out of the home. And we can't build it in a plastic bubble Um, You know, we can't put a giant tent over it and keep it completely dry all the time. Um, So we, we, we try to use as a builder standpoint, we try and use products that, you know, uh, I don't use plywood because as soon as it gets wet, it just basically delaminates. So using products with a lot of resins and things in it that are going to be more moisture resistant, but sometimes things still happen you get a piece or, um, you know, until the house gets really secure and and all sealed up. Yeah. You can have water come in um, through that little a hole that you cut in the roof that that you needed so that the you know they can put the vent pipe in or whatever and i mean there's all sorts of ways that water can come in during construction and it's it's hard to deal with
1: yeah no and it's all about management and um i have a webinar on um using moisture meters which would be i think something i'm always i say this a lot every builder should have a penetrating moisture meter and then there's some other accessories that go with that because they're, they're like, oh, it's all dry. We're good to go. Well, what moisture content was it? Sure. <laughs> Nobody yeah, knows. We just
0: started using some wood floors and they'll actually put in, um, yeah, like a moisture meter in one of the, the the piece of wood and it'll monitor, you know, in the finished home. So that way, like, if there is issues, you can look back and you can go on a website or whatever and see, oh yeah, you know, there's this, as of this date or whatever, there's this big spike in moisture and you know, what happened here? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we spilled, you know, something here and, you know, didn't Uh really clean it up good or whatever. I mean, you can find out a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, So if
1: there's a leak or a storm or something, I mean, that is all recoverable. Um, And wood can do really well getting wet as long as it can dry. The question is, was it allowed to dry? Is it allowed to dry? And sometimes, I mean, I've seen where even it's the client driving it I told my wife we're going to be in by Thanksgiving. So let's go, go, go. We do poor concrete slab and do drywall and paint all at the same time. Yep. Like, Whoa. That's a lot. Of yeah. Money.
0: Sometimes building faster isn't, um, you know, the best thing because that, that home has to settle. It has to cure. That poured wall has thousands of gallons of water takes a yeah. year for all that moisture to get out of that concrete. And yeah. so getting, getting a house done, like sometimes people are like, Oh, my house got done in, you know, four and a half months. It's like, it, it, it hasn't really all cured yet either. So, um, yeah, it's not necessarily a race or <laughs> the race isn't always the best thing.
1: So, so, but there is a way to test in the, in the woods. So you can test not only at the surface, but deep inside and the end grain tends to take on the most moisture because it's cut edge. And so if you had a puddle somewhere and you can say, "Oh, wow, this wood looks like it's like it wicks up. It's actually you know, that's how the water would get to the top of the tree when it was sure. A tree. Yep. That makes so sense. It's up there, and it could be up there several inches to even more than a foot. And and so that as a builder, I would I would want to just be paying attention to that. And, and if you can measure the moisture content, measure it deep inside and say, Whoa, yeah, this kiln dried lumber came in, it was at 18%. Oh, but now it's at 25. Um then you just decide, okay, I'm going to either rent or I'm going to have a, a space heater heat dry. So you're yep. just going to figure out Pick a way while out. we're working on it that we're going to run a heater on this to kind of accelerate the drying, or fans, just fan, you know, yep. well, air movement helps here, a lot, yep. helps dry more. So that you just you kind of know, like, oh, this is we this happened, and and that there's something we can do about it to just kind of speed it along. It's passive, you know, a heater would totally sure. be passive. Yeah. And- so,
0: so that's a good piece of advice for consumers too, because sometimes people see like the water and they're like, oh no, you know, everything's got to be ripped out and started over. It's like, no, that's not necessarily true. It's, I think you're exactly right. You have to, you know, as long as you don't leave it sitting there for a long time and you, you remove the moisture and the moisture source, and then you, you let it dry. Uh, it should, before you seal it all up, it, it, it should solve most of the problems. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. I I mean, yeah, it's all about, again, attention to details. So if the, if the builder is really conscientious and says, Whoa, we had three inches of rain over the weekend. It was really a deluge guys. First thing over there is just get brooms out and start pushing the water off the the deck, you know, and get rid of the puddles. Not that we're just going to let the puddles soak in until they go away and evaporate. Or you had snow. I mean, Um, we're in place and snow actually is not really a problem unless you let it melt. (laughs)
0: Sure. Yep. Yeah. Actually, we, we tell our customers all the time too, like sometimes they're afraid about building the winter and it's like, sometimes you get a better house in the winter because you don't get all the rain on it. Yeah. You get snow, but you can remove the snow before it melts and, um, prevent some of that moisture. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things at play at this. It's a pretty fascinating topic. So, if someone's interested in learning more from you or interested in your seminars and things like that, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Well, I have two websites, avoidingmold.com, M O L D, for those that are not in the United States, but it's avoidingmold.com is my w- main website. And I also have a website with my name, Cheryl Seiko. But since I don't have a stage name, it can be hard to spell. I have I have both and they link to each other. And you can find my education online. I also have a YouTube channel. That's Cheryl Seco Architect and a public Facebook page that connects to my Facebook groups, which is again, Cheryl Seco Architect. And uh, so I think you can find me through all those. Oh,
0: absolutely. And we can put put a couple of those websites in the show notes as well. So for those of you listening, you wanna kind of do some research, learn a little bit more, you can go right onto those links on there and click over and then uh, dive into all of Cheryl's really great content. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. This was super informative. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This was uh, really interesting. And I'm so happy to have it to start a dialogue with, uh, with the building industry and see how we can work together.
0: Fantastic. Well, for those of you listening, if you enjoyed the episode today, please make sure that you not only share the episode with your friends, but hit uh, the subscribe button as well. That way you get notified of future episodes. And uh, if you haven't already, check out our website, homebuildinghero.com. And if you have any other questions, you can email us homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. Once again, I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Homebuilding Hero. And we'll talk to you guys very soon.